Hi, this is Allison Sheridan of the NoSilicast podcast, hosted at podfeed.com, a technology key podcast with an ever so slight Apple bias. Today is Sunday, April 24th, 2022, and this is show number 885. Well, this week was Steve's birthday, and I just wanted to give him a little shout out. Now, he said he didn't want any gifts this year because he was feeling pretty happy with his new Mac Studio and Studio Display, but I couldn't let him get just nothing, right? So I bought him the $19 screen cleaning cloth from Apple for his birthday. He said it made his life complete. Happy birthday to my best friend. This week on Chit Chat Across the Pond, our guest is Erin Carson, senior writer at CNET. She came on the show to talk to me about earworms and the effect that TikTok is having on their prevalence. We go over the research that she studied on earworms, finding out how long we've known about them, what goes on in our brains when we imagine music, and why TikTok might be the perfect vehicle for getting earworms. We eventually go off the rails and we enjoy a delightful conversation about music in her hometown of Nashville. She wrote an article on this topic over at CNET.com, and of course there's a link in the show notes, to Chit Chat Across the Pond episode number 725, which you should be able to find in your podcatcher of choice. Dumb. 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 Dumb questions. Dumb questions. Dumb questions. What is? How come I always have to? It's time for Dumb Question Corner. Hi, Castaways. Mike Price here with a combo Dumb Question Tiny Tip, because apparently that's a thing now. How come my phone refuses to respond to Hey Lady requests? I have been using Hey Lady for many years, but over the past couple of years, when I needed to summon the assistant, I have my AirPods Pro and can shout into the air, or I can raise my wrist and speak to my watch, or my HomePod Mini answers the call. However, recently I joined the cool kids and now have Apple CarPlay. As I get used to the new toy, I figured I should be able to shout the magic phrase into the air as I'm driving and ask the assistant to perform some task. Unfortunately, when I attempted this, the phone and CarPlay remained dormant no matter how many times I tried. Now, I could have simply let that be and just press and hold the voice assistant button on the steering wheel like an animal, but I just had to investigate further. I found that even when not driving, my phone would not respond to my verbal requests. So I took to checking all the settings I could think of, toggling and reacquainting Siri with my not-so-dulcet tones, making sure that Siri could work when the phone was locked, making sure that the phone would always listen for the magic phrase, checking various restrictions and permissions force restarting the phone, resetting network settings, and of course, scouring the internet. The only hits I found on the internet were either really old and irrelevant, or simply suggested to make sure the microphone was working and to check all the settings I already went over, multiple times. I was to the point where I was starting to consider a full wipe and reinstall of iOS and possibly sacrificing a goat. And then I happened upon a blog post by Dan Morin over at Six Colors, link in the show notes. In the post, Dan was bemoaning the very same issue and difficulty he was having in determining why Hey Lady would not work on his phone. 
In a second attempt at eliciting some answers from Twitter, one of Dan's followers came back with a simple question. Is sound recognition enabled? Sound recognition, for those who do not know, is a hearing accessibility feature added to the operating system in iOS 14, where the phone can listen for various sounds and notify the user if one is detected. There are a plethora of sounds, various alarms, door knocking, doorbells, pets, crying babies, etc. Great things for those challenged with hearing difficulties. When I updated to the iPhone 12 in December 2020, I remember enabling this feature to check it out and set it to listen for a cat and let me know when my cat was trying to speak to me. When enabling sound recognition, when one or more sounds are enabled, or when enabling the first sound to be monitored, the operating system will warn you that this feature will effectively disable Hey Lady. However, the reverse is apparently not true. The phone will not warn you when enabling Hey Lady with sound recognition already enabled and active, leaving the user frustrated and wondering why the assistant refuses to be summoned verbally. In the end, this was my issue. Sound recognition was indeed enabled. However, in my case, no sounds were actually active. Though I do not recall ever disabling cat, the cat monitoring, I suspect that in one of the operating system updates, that setting was lost and I never noticed. So there may be some bugs with the determination of when Hey Lady should and should not work. So in the end, the tip is, if you are having trouble Summoning the assistant, check to see if sound recognition is enabled, and much thanks to Dan and his blog post for pointing me in the right direction. This is so interesting, Mike. I had absolutely never heard of sound recognition before. Sounds like a cool feature, but it really does seem to me that uh, one of two things could happen here. Apple could give you a warning that says, hey, did you know Hey S Lady is not going to work when you do this? That would be one thing. Or... If it's doing sound recognition, why can't it recognize the sound of Hey S Lady? <laughs> that kind of makes sense, right? That's really bad that they didn't do that. But uh, good thing uh, Dan Moran posted about it. And uh, good job for whoever it was posted that uh, that little tip on the end. And I do love your tip of that hat here that apparently it is a thing now to do a dumb question and then a tiny tip and answer it. And look, you're going to put me out of a job. This is fantastic. Thanks for sending that in, Mike. Okay, let's switch gears and listen to one of the last two interviews we did at the CSUN Assistive Tech Conference. This one's one of my favorites. All right, math nerds, let's listen up here. One of the problems with math in uh, documents is accessibility. You can imagine as a screen reader goes across reading text and then suddenly runs into some complex equation, it's going to read it probably fairly literally, which is going to sound like nonsense. So uh, the, a company called TextHelp is working on that problem on how to create that kind of uh information that is accessible to the blind and visually impaired. And I'm talking to Rachel Cruzel from TextHelp, and she's going to describe the problem to be solved because she has lived how hard it is to create this kind of content. I have, absolutely. So the uh, tool is called Equatio, and what it's doing is it's helping create accessible and digital math and STEM content. Prior to this tool coming out, it's been a challenge in our field to do so, to ensure that the content is accessible for people with disabilities. So what we can do with this tool is typically, we'd be trying to create it accessibly using a Padlet-based tool, which can take time, sort of that hunt and peck method. Instead with Equatio, it's based on keyboard 
um, strokes as well as being able to have word prediction built in to be able to quickly and easily reference and add in equations instead. So I'm uh, going to jump to the last question I asked you when mm -hmm. we did our pre-interview, which was this is a this is a web-based tool. Yep, it's a web-based tool. Works in Chrome. Also is desktop as well, so it can work on the Windows desktop or the Mac desktop and goes into a bunch of different places online and on the web as well. Did you say Linux as well the first time? No Linux. Okay, but it's got, but it's just a Chrome extension, so. Correct. All right, so uh, we're going to take a look at this for those who are uh, are watching. She's going up to a, uh, it's kind of a panel that has come up from the bottom of her screen in Chrome and it says math. And she's going to start typing an equation here. Type us something. So I'm going to type in something like the speed of sound. So I can type in the word SP or start to type the word speed in. And on screen here, it's going to bring up this prediction of what I might be trying to type for speed of light. So instead of having to know the equation or having to type in each individual character in a matter of seconds with just typing in SP, I can grab this equation. Which Hang on, she's got speed of, it shows speed of light, speed of sound, spring potential energy, speed of a periodic wave. There's a whole bunch of them in here. We actually have uh, recently added over 235 physics formulas just in and of itself. We're constantly Nice, for all that string theory I'm working on. There you go. Yes, exactly. Then I can simply and easily hit the enter key. My equation is in here. Any so it says C equals 3.00 times 10 to the eighth meters per second. Yep. And then from there, I can easily toggle through the equation. I can change any of the variables, any of the numbers. If and when I'm ready. We're not ready to change the speed of, <laughs> speed of light, so we'll keep going. Correct. I'm thinking if you were using like a quadratic equation and you wanted to change a variable there. Go ahead. Sing the quadratic that. equation song for us. You know you want to. Rachel. I do want to, but I'm not going to. Maybe for the outtakes. Okay. If and when you're ready to go, you can click the insert math button wherever your cursor is on your screen. It will insert that math into the Word document, the Google document, the third-party website, the learning management system. Now, that's an image, though. Now, how, did, how does that help the blind if you just turned a text into image? Well, that's a good question. So with something like a text-to-speech tool, by adding in an image, we're able to have that text-to-speech tool read the alternative text because in the alternative text, there is actually the spoken title, the spoken language of how it's read as well as we do put the MathML in there as well. So hang on, how did it know the alt text? So she just brought up the alt text and it says C equals 3.00 times 10 to the eighth power M over S. How did it get that? So we have it written in such a way, our software, um, I'm not our product manager, but it will automatically put the alt text into so any of I could have written an equation of my own and it would have done that. Correct. It would have done that. Wow. And MathML, I had never heard of before, but uh, explain that to us again. What is that? So MathML is math markup language, and it's a way for content creators to create math that is done in a way that makes it easy to hear, read aloud, specifically for people who are blind or low vision. Our software... Never heard of that. Why do I not know about that? <laughs> Got to go read up. It's a good one for sure to know about, but I can take this equation that I've used that I entered in the speed of uh, speed of light, for example. We do have this copy as button, which allows me to actually export this, not just as an image, but in LaTeX, in MathML, in that spoken text. And then I could take this MathML version of it, I could plop it into something like a Word document, 
and I could then export it to something like Duxbury to get either my Nemeth code or my UEB Braille for someone who is now make, low vision. She's now oh, making no. up words. I don't know why. <laughs> she lost me at that term. <laughs> Basically, if we have to create digital math or STEM content for someone who is blind or low vision, this tool will help with that process. Normally, it's really time intensive and laborious to do. This will typically cut down that time in about two thirds. So nice. I used to do this work myself. You know the pain. I know the pain well, and I know that we do not provide enough access for students who need support. And if it's a pain and it takes a long time, people won't do it. If it's easy and, and comes along for the ride, they will. Bingo. Exactly. Very cool. So equatio, you're going to have to spell that for the audience. It's just like the word equation without the N. E-Q-U-A-T-I-O. Okay. And how do you sell this? So we sell it in a variety of different ways, typically into the education space. Uh, we can buy, do single licenses for individual learners, do group licenses for a group of students, or what we see a lot is, again, that having it for every student, teacher, in higher ed, K-12, because really it's going to create accessible content everywhere for every learner. So why wouldn't I just want it as a regular human writing equations, though? You could absolutely use it as a regular human writing equations to be more accessible. I mean, that, that's where we ought to be going is what I'm thinking. So what does an individual license cost? Um, typically about 100 bucks a year. That's not bad. I really did not expect. I don't think there's anything in this entire conference for $100 a year. <laughs> I think we just found the least expensive tool. This is really, really interesting. Thank you so much for showing this. This is uh, something my audience will definitely get a big kick out of, and uh, and maybe some people would start using it. Thank, Thank you, you very much. And, and the company is is Texthelp. Texthelp. And where would we find them? Uh, Texthelp.com. T-E-X-T-H-E-L-P.com. Simple enough. Thank you very much, Rachel. Thank you. Well, I couldn't get Rachel to sing, but she did give us two more really important tidbits after uh, we stopped recording. What did you just tell us? So any person can go on our website, techstop.com, and get a free 30-day trial to try the tool out. And if you are a K-12 educator, you do uh, qualify for our free-for-teacher license, which means you do get the software for free for use in your school or district. Woohoo! That's what I'm talking about. That's better than a song. It is better than a song. And it saves you all from my singing. <laughs> Well, even though Rachel wouldn't sing for me, uh, she was an awfully good sport. And I think Equatio sounds really, really cool. I hope that there's some uh, teachers out there that can take advantage of that uh, free licensing. And if you use it, let me know how it works and whether it does what, uh, what they say it can do for you. It sounds really cool. And the demonstration was certainly was very, very cool. Um, if you'd like to see the demonstration, remember, you can also see this on video at a link in the show notes. You know who is awesome? James Carroll, that's who. He is our newest patron, and his support is a perfect example of how and why I think Patreon is such a great way to support the show. You see, his currency of choice is British pounds, so he was able to choose a pound amount, not a dollar amount, that was right for him. He went to podfeet.com slash Patreon and demonstrated with his pocketbook the value he gets out of the show. If you'd like to be a hero like James, and if you can afford to do so, please check out our Patreon. Thank you so much, James, for doing this. This is fantastic. Hi, my name is Allison, and I'm addicted to screenshot apps. I've reviewed more of them than I can count over the years. A new one will come into my life, and then it just kind of eventually fades from favor. I keep falling back to the tried-and-true, if limited, built-in screenshot app in macOS paired with Preview for doing annotations. I think my love of screenshot apps comes from my desire to teach and explain. 
Taking a screenshot is nearly always the beginning of a process where step two is annotating it and only then sending the screenshot along. Most of the screenshot apps that bring annotation capabilities also save your images into a big library. Now, I'm sure this is useful for some, but my needs are usually more ephemeral, and if not, I prefer to save my screenshots to the Finder rather than some proprietary library. Now, I'm also a keyboard junkie, so the shortcuts for the built-in screenshot app work really well for me. If I know I'm going to just plop a screenshot into an email as is, I'll just use Command-Shift-Control-4 to capture a portion of the screen to the clipboard ready to paste, or maybe a window if I'm feeling fancy. If for some reason I do another copy before I'm ready to paste, I know that screenshot is safely waiting for me in my awesome clipboard manager, CopyM. If I want to annotate my screenshot before sending, I use Command-Shift-4 to copy a region or a window, and then have Preview open immediately, ready to do my annotations. This works, and Preview does have annotations, but to be honest, they're pretty irritating to use. I've mentioned my annoyance about this before, but for completeness, I feel the need to complain yet again. First of all, the annotation tools in Preview are not available by default. You have to tap the little pen icon, the uh, a pen in a circle, or you have to use Command-Shift-A to show the markup toolbar. I find this so annoying that I actually spent about a week trying to write a keyboard maestro macro to automatically open that little uh, markup toolbar anytime I opened Preview. It eventually got fragile and didn't work very well, so I gave up on it. But what annoys me even more is how when you want to add geometry, like a, you know, a rectangle or an arrow, if you hit the icon, it simply plops the geometry right on the image, requiring you to move multiple points to get the geometry into size and position. Every other app I've ever used waits for you to click and drag to precisely define the position and size all in one motion. I don't know why they do it that way in preview. Now, the markup toolbar is also missing a really important annotation tool. There is no blur tool. Obfuscating private information is a constant need, and so I end up having to draw colored boxes instead, which looks unprofessional, and also doesn't leave the viewer understanding that there was text underneath that I've covered up. Now, I do want to give one shout out to Preview before telling you about my new favorite screenshot and annotation app. There's an icon at the end of the markup toolbar in Preview that I only recently noticed. It looks like a thought bubble with a double quote inside it. I hovered over it and discovered it allows you to add an image description, also known as an alt tag, which will be read aloud to screen readers. Evidently, this was added into Preview in macOS Monterey, but I missed the memo. In any case, that's a pretty cool option. This would save the bother of adding it in every service where I post an image. Since I'm always on the prowl for a new screenshot and annotation tool, my little ears perked up when I started to hear a lot of people talking with great enthusiasm about the app CleanShot X from CleanShot.com. CleanShot X can be purchased in a variety of ways. You can make a one-time payment of $29, which includes the app, a year of updates guaranteed, and one gigabytes of cloud storage so you can send shareable links of your screenshots and videos. CleanShot X is made by the same developer, MTW, as PixelSnap, so if you already own PixelSnap 2 because Terry Austin told us how cool it is, you can get 20% off the already affordable $29 for ScreenShot X. They even have discounts if you have multiple Macs that give you price breaks the more you buy. They've even got a 30% educational discount off the purchase price as well. Now, if you're a heavy cloud user or you want to use CleanShot X with a team, there's an $8 per month plan for you. 
There's one more way to get CleanShot X, and that's through your setup subscription. Now, you can't possibly say their pricing isn't flexible enough because there is a plan for everyone. CleanShot X allows you to take screenshots, annotate them, save them locally, or save them to their cloud service that comes with your CleanShot X license. While it does the standard types of screenshots, such as area, full window, and timed screenshots, it can also do what they call scrolling screenshots. This allows you to capture an entire web page or a long document as one screenshot. That's a pretty nifty feature. It also has the capability of doing OCR, or optical character recognition, of text. You simply invoke the OCR tool, drag across some text, and you've immediately got it captured to your clipboard. Now, I've been using the awesome tool TextSniper I told you about last June to do this very thing, and I find it super useful. You might be thinking the built-in feature for grabbing text from images in macOS Monterey had Sherlock that need, but both TextSniper and CleanShot X do a much better job of it. CleanShot X can also record video of your screen either to a video file or as a GIF. Given the correct permissions, CleanShot X can record not just the screen, but also capture your microphone, the computer's audio, and your camera for a circular picture-in-picture -picture effect. It can also include uh, and capture mouse clicks and even keystrokes to be viewable on the screen. You know, if you say, now hold down Command-Shift-T, it'll show you Command-Shift-T right on the screen in the video. Now, before capturing an area, you can change the size to match a standard aspect ratio, such as 4x3 or 16x9 with these videos. Now, I like to capture small areas pretty often, but in other tools, I always end up sending these weird aspect ratio videos, so this feature will help me a lot. It even remembers the aspect ratio you've chosen from video to video. When you're done capturing a video, you can change the relative volume of your mic and the computer's audio. You can choose whether to have the two audio streams on separate tracks for later editing or whether to merge them, and you can trim the audio. I am astonished at the video capability in a $29 screen capture app. Now, you can access all these different types of screenshots from the menu bar app for CleanShot X or if you invoke the keyboard shortcut for what they call all-in-one, you get a floating window allowing you to pick and choose which kind of screenshot or video recording you'd like to do on the fly. Now, I've often wondered why I abandoned screenshot apps after a while, and I think I may have discovered the answer. It's so easy to fall back to the built-in tools because of the keystrokes to invoke them. CleanShot X is a very easy onboarding process that changes the, this calculus. When you first launch CleanShot X, it asks you if you want it to be your default screenshot tool. If you say yes, it tells you to open system preferences, keyboards, shortcuts, screenshots, and then to uncheck all of the keyboard shortcuts for the built-in tool. Now, as soon as you do that, those same keyboard shortcuts that are stuck in your brain and your fingers, that are that great memory that you already have, those same keyboard shortcuts are enabled for CleanShot X. For example, I can now hold down Command-Shift-4 and take a screenshot, and instead of preview opening, CleanShot X pops open to its annotations window. I'm still in the honeymoon stage, but I think having CleanShot X respond to my decades-long muscle memory might make it sticky enough to last. Now, CleanShot X isn't just a better screenshot tool, and it's not just a better annotation tool. The interface to use CleanShot X works more the way I want it to work. All throughout the tool, there are features that feel just like a smoother version of the built-in tools. A tiny example is that when you take a screenshot with the built-in tool and preview opens, after you take the screenshot, it stays up on screen. 
Well, sometimes that's desirable, but usually after I save, I just want it to go away. With CleanShot X, you take the screenshot, annotate it, save it, and as soon as you do that, it vaporizes from your screen. If you simply copy the screenshot with Command-C instead of saving it, it also vaporizes. If you want it to stick around for a while, you can pin it to the screen so it doesn't disappear. In contrast, with Preview on a Screenshot, I do my annotations, then I have to do a Select All with Command-A. You can't just say Command-C, you got to select all first. Then you do a copy with Command-C, then paste it where you need it. After I've copied it, that screenshot stays up on screen and unsaved. And Preview then belly aches when I try to close it because I haven't saved it. I taught myself the Command-Delete trick to push the Delete button on that Save As dialog that comes up, but that's a lot of work. The workflow of CleanShot X to simply hit Command-C and move on works much better for me. There's one more vaporize option. If you take a shot and you don't like it, just hit the Escape key and it'll pine for the fjords. You aren't restricted to one pinned screenshot either. You can pin as many screenshots to the screen as you like. When I'm proofing show notes that Bart has written, if I have a question on a section, I'll just pin it to the screen waiting until we get on our call, and after they're all resolved, I can close any I've made and I never had to save a file anywhere. Now that's just one example of how CleanShot X feels fundamentally more efficient, at least for the way I want to use it. Now let's talk about the veritable corticopia of preferences you can set to make it tailored to the way you like it. By default, when you take a screenshot, you'll see a tiny quick access overlay in the bottom left of your screen. If you hover over the overlay, you'll see buttons to copy or save the image to your default location. You can close it, pin it to the screen, open the annotations tool, or upload the image to CleanShot Cloud. Now I'm going to take a break here and tell you about CleanShot Cloud because it's a really nifty service. With the standard purchase of CleanShot X or via setup, like I said, you get a one gigabyte cloud account. When you upload to CleanShot Cloud, you're immediately given a link to send to people of the screenshot. Now, a lot of web forms to get tech support don't allow the uploading of images to illustrate a problem, so I plan on using links to CleanShot Cloud when I run into that roadblock. There's a nice web interface to CleanShot Cloud, so you can go there and tag and name images and even delete images to keep it tidy. Now, back to the quick access overlay. While that overlay has all the options you might want, it's somehow not satisfying to me to see such a small thumbnail of the image I've captured. The first thing I did in the general preferences for CleanShot X was to check the box to automatically open the annotate tool when I take a screenshot instead of the quick access overlay. That toggle was what gives me the behavior that I described earlier. Now I get to see the full screenshot to make sure I've captured exactly the right area and I can jump right into using those annotation tools. If I don't need to annotate this particular capture, remember I could just hit Command-C and go on my merry way since we already know CleanShot X will close automatically. Now, if hitting Command-C is too much bother, there's a checkbox in General Preferences to automatically copy the screenshot or recording directly to the clipboard right when you take it. If you've got it set to open the Annotate tool when you're done, you can simply look at the image and then hit Escape to go on your merry way. You can also set CleanShot X to pin to your screenshot to the screen by default or upload to their cloud service and copy the link by default. If my description of loving how it vaporizes gave you a cold chill, don't worry, you can tailor it to your workflow. Now, if you're a messy desktop icon person, in general preferences, you can check the box to hide desktop, desktop icons while you're capturing. Now, another option to class up your screenshots is to have a drop shadow with a professional-looking desktop background instead of the cute one of your puppy. 
These options are available in the Wallpaper tab of Preferences. Toggling this setting means no more looking at that for that pesky defaults right command to disable and enable the defaults shadows for the built-in tool. Now, one warning about these options. Wallpaper and drop shadows are entangled preferences. If you enable wallpaper, custom, plain, or your own normal wallpaper, it won't show up in your screenshots unless you also enable capture window shadow in the same preference pane. I like that the shadow option is a toggle, and I really like that you can set how much padding you want on your drop shadow. I also like that you have the option of a transparent background to your drop shadow rather than any wallpaper at all. No matter how you like your screenshots, you will find a com combination you like in Screenshot X. Now, if you're a shortcut junkie like me, CleanShot X is filled with them. Many are pre-assigned, but there are even more you can add. For example, from the menu bar app, there's an option to open from clipboard, which works great, but I was cross that there wasn't a keyboard shortcut for it. No worries, and preferences, you can add a shortcut for that option and many more. Now, I haven't even told you about the annotations tools yet, but all of the, the tools in annotations have keyboard shortcuts too. There's something I would have loved to have in preview. I'm now using CleanShot X to annotate pre-existing PNGs, and in fact, in the Finder Get Info window, I told macOS, open all PNGs by default in CleanShot X. Now, I'm not a huge fan of that quick access overlay, as I already mentioned, but it's quite possible that if I spent some quality time in the preferences for this feature, I would come to appreciate its value. You can change the position of the overlay on screen, and you can change its size so it's not a postage stamp. Another thing I did like about the overlay is that you simply must dismiss it, but in preferences, you can actually tell it to auto-close after a time period of your choosing and what it should do when auto-closing, save and close, or just close. I make no promises, but the overlay is much more useful to me with some of those settings tweaked. Screen recordings are controlled in three different panels of Screenshot X preferences, general, video, and GIF. On the General tab, you can globally choose whether to show the cursor, highlight clicks, and show keystrokes, but you can also change these options on the fly as you start recording the screen. In Recording Preferences, you can change whether to see those controls on the fly, whether to display the recording time in the menu bar, and how to deal with the scaling of Retina videos. Now, I can't tell you how many times I've been in the process of recording my screen when a notification pops up and wrecks the recording. With CleanShot X, there's an option to enable Do Not Disturb automatically while recording. Now, I'm worried that it might not work with Apple's new Focus Mode in macOS Monterey, but in my testing, notifications absolutely did not appear while I was recording. Yet another reason to love CleanShot X. In the Video tab, which is different than the GIF tab, you can set the max resolution to reduce file size and upload time. Based on my experience with other apps, if your machine is at all underpowered, I'd suggest keeping the max resolution set to original and then scaling the video down after capturing it. Forcing your computer to transcode to a lower resolution while also recording will definitely challenge your system. You can set the video frame rate and allow CleanShot X to open the video editor immediately after recording. Now, if you agree to let CleanShot X install a small driver, you can even capture computer audio with your video captures. Now, it's an experimental feature at this time, so if it doesn't sound right, they ask you to report problems and give you a button to uninstall the driver if you need to. There's a toggle for whether to merge your voice and the computer audio onto one track or whether to have them on separate tracks, which can be really handy if you're going to edit in an external editor. Now, GIFs only have a few options. You can set the frame rate, the quality, and the default resolution. 
To be honest, I have not really thought of a great use case to use a GIF for screen capture. Not that many funny things happen on my Mac. Well, I should say that not that many funny haha things happen. Plenty of funny weird things do happen. If you can think of a reason a GIF would be useful, I'd sure like to hear about it. By default, CleanShot X saves screenshots as PNGs, which is the most efficient format for screenshots, by the way, but you can change it to JPEG in preferences if you like. Just as with video recordings, you can scale your retina screenshots to 1x, but I can't think why you'd want to do that. Sometimes it's nice to have a frame around a screenshot if you're embedding it into other materials, so CleanShot X allows you to add a one-pixel border to all screenshots. You control the self-timer interval with preferences with options from 2 to 15 seconds. One of the reasons to use timed screenshots is to catch an app in the act, so CleanShot X has an option to freeze the screen while taking a screenshot. I really like CleanShot X default screenshot behavior of showing crosshairs for where I'm capturing and showing a little magnifier of that cursor position. This allows me to be certain to get exactly the region I desire. If for some reason you don't like that behavior, you can disable that in preferences. Now, as much as I love all of the capture methods and options in CleanShot X, I don't want to shortchange telling you about the awesome annotation tools. CleanShot X has the typical annotation tools such as rectangles, ellipses, no, not ellipses, ellipses, uh, lines, arrows, and text. But there's so many nice little touches to how they work that add up to why CleanShot X is so amazing. Here's an example. Have you ever taken a screenshot and you needed to add uh, like an arrow or some text, but you didn't leave enough room in the screenshot for the annotations? With CleanShot X, you can literally color outside the lines. Draw an arrow starting outside the screenshot. The annotation editor simply expands the image with a transparent background to accommodate it. This might be my single favorite thing about CleanShot X. In the introduction, I explained that the markup tools of preview lack a blur tool for obfuscating personal or distracting parts of your screenshots. CleanShot X has you covered with a simple and easy to use blur tool. Just drag across a region and then move it around or resize it as needed. Now, there are times that you're not as interested in hiding information as you are in drawing attention to specific things in the shot. With CleanShot X, you have two options. There's a fairly traditional highlighting tool, but better yet, there's a spotlight tool. With the spotlight tool, you drag across a region and it keeps the brightness up around that region in a nice rounded rectangle, but it dims the rest of the screenshot. You can spotlight as many areas as you need, and you can even control how dim the rest of the shot becomes. The text annotation tool is interesting. It's got some cool features, but it's also a little bit limited in another way. You can format your text by size and color, but you can't choose from different fonts. Instead, you can choose between standard and monospaced. You can have the text outlined, which looks sort of cartoony to me, but you can also have the text inside a nice rounded rectangle box or a fully rounded pill box. The background of the boxes is a very light shade of whatever font color you've chosen. For example, red text will be in a pink box. Now, I know that sounds kind of revolting, but it actually looks pretty nice, but you can't change that. You can't make it a yellow background with a red border or anything like that, or with red text. Anyway, I prefer to have a little more control over the font options, but it's a passable method of annotation. The other interesting effect is that when you plop in some text, you'll see a smiley face icon above the text. If you click the smiley face, you'll be shown the emoji picker to add your text, add it to your text, or in place of any text. Now, in my review of the tutorial guide application Folga, which is more than a screenshot tool, 
I mentioned that I really liked that it included little numbered bubbles so you can illustrate the order in which the viewer should follow your, your described steps. I also said it was cool that Alexi made it so that if you delete a numbered bubble, it would automatically re renumber the rest. Remember that? Well, CleanShot X does exactly that too. Now, I'll still reach for Folga when I need to do long-form tutorials, but for a screen single screenshot, CleanShot X will be great. Taking the numbered bubbles up a notch, you can change their size and even change them from numbers to letters to Roman numerals and set the starting number. This delights me. Now, fairly often, I wish I could combine two screenshots together. Before CleanShot X, I would take the two screenshots with the standard built-in tool, I'd save them, wait 22 seconds, that's how long it takes Affinity Photo to launch on an M1 Max, copy one screenshot to the other screenshot, then change the size of the image canvas, slide the second one into position, and then save the image out as a new PNG and quit without saving the Affinity Photo file. I had to really want to have two images smashed together to go through all that work. With CleanShot X, there's a simple button to add a screenshot to an existing one. Now, you can't add another full window screenshot, but instead you're invited to drag across a region on screen and it automatically puts the new image below the original. If it's too close for comfort, you can just drag it down a little bit or even drag it to the side or top and CleanShot X will resize the canvas automatically. This is going to be a huge time saver for me. Just last week, I combined the dumb question corner uh, icon or logo, I should say, with the tiny tip logo and I did that big dance that I described in Affinity Photo. So this is going to be awesome for me. I should mention that if you think it's a disadvantage, for some unimaginable reason, to have that canvas expand automatically the way I described, you can disable that in Preferences. Also in Preferences, you can turn on color names, which is super helpful for those with color blindness. Now, I've mentioned a few times that you can pin screenshots to the screen so they don't vaporize. They do look a little odd floating with any kind of shadow or outline. So in the advanced tab of preferences, there are three checkboxes specifically about pin screenshots. You could affect whether pin screenshots have rounded corners, a shadow, or a border. While the rounded corner checkbox does round and square off the corners when toggled, the shadow and border checkboxes did not add a shadow or border for me when I first tried it. Now, CleanShot X is not a buggy piece of software, so I suspected there was something else at play. I went back to the screenshots preferences and I tested a theory. I checked the box to add a one pixel border to all screenshots and then I took a new one and pinned it. Sure enough, the pinned floating screenshot now had a border on it. I went to wallpaper preferences and I turned on the shadow option and that also made my newly pinned screenshots have a shadow. You know me with stuff like this, I had to run another experiment. What if a preference is said to have a border and a shadow, but pinned screenshots didn't say to show the shadow and border? The results are mixed. I got a border, but no shadow when I pinned a new screenshot. I wish these two features were independent as the controls imply. I don't like a shadow or border on my images as a general rule, but pinned screenshots are a little disconcerting just floating without any kind of border. I did have to find something to complain about with CleanShot X, or you would never believe all my raving about it. Now, when you're happy with your annotated screenshot, there's a drag me handle at the bottom uh, that invites you to simply drag it into whatever communication method you're using. Also at the bottom right, there's a typical share sheet icon, a copy icon, and an icon to share the image to CleanShot Cloud while copying that link in one single step. You are immediately ready to paste into any medium. 
Now, one more thing on the annotations window. I promise I'm almost done here. All of the tools are available via voiceover. Now, it's good that all of these buttons are labeled and selectable. And as I said, they have keyboard shortcuts as well. But I'm not really sure how you'd annotate an image if you can't see it. But I have learned, never underestimate the visually impaired, so maybe there's an effective way for them to annotate a screenshot. The bottom line, as you've probably gathered, is that I am besotted with CleanShot X. If I ever abandon my setup subscription, I will definitely buy this app outright. I might even do that while I still have my setup subscription. I've been known to buy apps I found in setup that I use all the time so that the developer actually gets the love directly. If CleanShot X sounds like it might meet your needs, go check it out at cleanshot.com. Well, that's going to wind us up for this week. Did you know that you can email me anytime you want? You can email me at allison at podfeet.com and I will probably answer you. If you have a question or a suggestion, or you want to do a tiny tip, or you've got a dumb question, or you want to do a review, just send it on over. You can also follow me on Twitter at podfeet. If you want to join in the fun of the conversation, you can always join our Slack community. We are having so much fun over there, helping each other. We got funny stuff and we got a separate delete me channel inside there where you can put stuff you just think is funny. And uh, anyway, you can do that by joining us at podfeet.com slash Slack. And welcome to all the new people who've been jumping in lately. We've had a lot of people coming in, so it's super fun. Anyway, you can talk to me and all the other lovely Nocilla castaways there. So remember, just like podfeet.com slash slack, everything good starts with podfeet.com. You can support the show at podfeet.com slash Patreon, like James, or you can do a one-time donation at podfeet.com slash PayPal. And if you want to join in the fun of the live show, head on over to podfeet.com slash live on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific time and join the friendly and enthusiastic Nocilla Castaways. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.